I know, I still remember back in the day. Okay, I say back in the day. I still remember six months ago. Back in the day. Six months ago is back in the day. Oh my God. But calm down, calm down, Fad. <laughs> We're moving in AI years. AI years are different to like non-AI years, yeah? And I've watched it in front of me write out the entire script, 100% of the content. And I just sit there and I go, my God, what did I just watch? But the threat that it brings about the job cuts, because the people who would otherwise you would need for image editing are not, no longer needed. Welcome to another episode of Digital Dialogues. This is the podcast for business owners and entrepreneurs where we are demystifying the world of digital marketing. My name is Reem Alhuni. I'm your video content expert, and I am excited to be joined by my co-host, Namita Ramani. She is your digital marketing expert. And today, we have a very special episode. It's very special, isn't it, Namita? It's all about... All about... AI. AI. Now, we have a special guest with us today. It is the ultimate Fahed Bizari. He is otherwise known as the Chaos Wrangler. I'm going to be asking him about that in just a moment. But Fahed Bizari is actually someone who I've known a really long time. I think it's been over 12 years. And originally, I met him because... I was obsessed with the world of systemization and the emis, and he, that was a concept that he was very passionate about. And more recently, being the trendsetter that he is, an early adopter, he has jumped into the world of AI feet first, and we're going to be discussing that a little bit more today. So, Fahad, welcome. Thank you very much for having me. The Chaos Wrangler. That's me. Tell us more. Chaos Wrangler is a nickname that I have um, coined over time around the field of knowledge engineering. So knowledge engineering is all about taking a complicated topic and then breaking it down, structuring it in such a way that it is no longer complicated. And so if you think about systemization, you know, it starts off, you have an entire business with no systems, it's chaos. Now you turn it into a bunch of systems. Now you've gone away from chaos, we've wrangled the chaos, and now it's actually a world of order that somebody else can be brought into. And the same thing applies in like every aspect of life. So everything that I've ever learned I've always learned it through that approach of this whole thing is crazy. Let me make sense of it. And in the process of making sense of it, I've mastered it. I love that. So this whole thing is crazy. And the process of making sense of it, Fahad has mastered it. Because we were having a chat earlier about the world of AI. And how, you know, how involved are you in the world of AI right now? So we as a digital agency use AI for some strategy, some uh, copy work. Mostly we have copywriters who do all the copy for ads and emails and every other marketing activity that we do. But sometimes when the copywriter is not handy and into can build a quick ad, I'll go to ChatGPT and put in some text, first educate it. So I'll actually talk to it like a person and give it all the information, whatever it needs to be given. And then asking to give me blog, blog titles or um, ad, cop, ad headlines or ad copy and then ask them to create, kind of reiterate it and stuff. So yeah, sometimes we use it. Now, so I'm really glad that Namita's brought up ChatGPT because I know that's an area you're especially focused on. Um, but before we jump into that, because I think for most of us, we only really came across ChatGPT earlier this year, I would say around maybe beginning of 2023. But in the AI world, like how long have you been in the AI world and how have you seen it evolve to get to where we are now? I started using GPT, which is the technology that sits underneath ChatGPT since the beginning of 22. So all of us actually have been involved in AI without even realizing it because AI has been increasingly involved in all of our like, you know, Google Maps or, you know, all sorts of things. And I mean, just to give you a story, I was in uh, Dubai airport sometime last year and uh, I got to the boarding gate 
And the guy just let me walk through without looking at my passport. And I was like, you do realize you've let me walk through without my passport? He said, I don't need to look at your passport. I said, what? And then he just pointed up like that. I said, well, what is up there? Is that God? Or like, what? <laughs> and he said, no, we have eye in the sky. It will flag if it recognizes that somebody is going through that shouldn't be going through, then we will ask you for your passport. And that uses a type of AI called computer vision. So when you've gone in and you've done that eye scanning, it's not just the eye scanning they're doing, they're also doing your facial recognition scanning, right? And the, they use computer vision to see who's where at any time. So AI has been in all of our lives for a very long time, but GPT is something I started at the beginning of 2022 for one of my businesses. And also as a copywriter, coming back to that topic, because I like to write, I, I genuinely like to write, I've been trained to write, and um, I was using it to write. Then ChatGPT kicked off in November 2022, and I was on it from December the 1st, basically. So ever since then, you said feet first, but actually it's kind of been like head first. I think that's really interesting because I find that, um, you know, most of us is only beginning of 2023, but you've actually gone all the way back to 2022. So how has it evolved in that time? So from when you started using it to what we see today, has it been a big shift? Oh, yeah, massive shift. Because up until ChatGPT was released, you could only access the technology um, through code. You'd have to code something to be able to access the technology. And so you had to either use it directly with code or through a third party that had developed something. Now, the problem is when you use a third party, you're limited by how they have implemented it, right? And you're still doing magical stuff, but you're constrained by their developments. Come November 22, and OpenAI releases ChatGPT. And although we'll talk about it another time if we have a chance, the biggest blessing became its biggest curse, but the biggest blessing was how user-friendly it is. OpenAI, when they released ChatGPT, they did not expect this to happen. They actually released it just for testing purposes. They wanted to get more testing data. They wanted to see how people work with it. They wanted to test their concept of having a chatbot. What they didn't realize was that it would take the world by storm. And suddenly, that's why suddenly you had Microsoft throwing in $10 billion, like, okay, let's make this thing into something. And um, then you had the world of developers that everybody is now getting serious about GPT technology. So GPT has actually been around since 2019. Version one is 2019. So I think the fact that you've mentioned that it's become user-friendly, like for sure, everyone I know has experimented on ChatGPT in some way. You mentioned your copywriting, but I know we were discussing earlier, like to what extent, how far have you been using it and what are the limitations that you've come across? So the only time we use it when we urgently need to uh, churn up a new copy to test or something. But otherwise, I, still I would still like my copywriters to do most of the copy work because there's some emotional element to writing copy. So when we run ads, for digital, say for Instagram, we uh, say for, I'll use an example. I'll go back to the AC cleaning example. So if one of our clients is an AC cleaning company, now there are different kind of hooks for this particular service. I have parents who have children who have problems with itchy eyes or cough or sleepless nights. Then I have human beings who have the similar problem, but then it's two different avatars I'm talking to. So the copywriter can write a copy which will talk to the parents in a certain way and similarly write a copy which will talk to an individual and their pain problems in different way. Those emotional elements of what actually, so for example, the copywriter is also a parent. She has children who have similar issues. So she can really feel the pain of a mother 
and take out that emotion within the copy, which ChatGPT probably cannot do that. So I cannot depend on ChatGPT completely for copy ever. We'll always have our copywriters. But in emergency situations, we, we kind of go towards ChatGPT. This sounds to me like a case for the chaos wrangler. You see, I thought so. I thought so. Because when Namita said this earlier, and she said emergency cases. So tell people what percentage of what you put out there into the world has been supported by ChatGPT in some way. Uh, between the three of us and everybody and everybody there. else yeah. <laughs> all of it all of it all of it and there are some pieces and I and I've watched it in front of me write out the entire script 100% of the content and I just sit there and I go my god what did I just watch I just watched this thing produce my content even better than I would, including all of the emotions. And I'll let you read the specific script I'm talking about now. It's written out and I just look at it and I just think, my God, where has technology come? And if I had been asked to write that myself, it would have taken me hours, if not days, because as you know, in writing, you write something, you leave it, come back and look at it. And he's like, you, okay, I need to make changes to that. And you keep on going on these cycles that can last days. And this thing, up until today, I have not yet touched it. The only thing I've done is a few, one of the bad habits that, that ChatGPT has is it likes to put a comma before the word and in a list. And British English, we don't do that. We never have a comma before the word and. That's the only edits I've had to do on that specific piece. That's literally 100%. Now, if we go back to the example that you were talking about. I have about, a question on sure, that one. How sure. much did you have to educate it? How oh, much time no. did you spend doing that? I have to educate it 100%. Now, I was today uh, moderating a panel at, a, at a, a conference. And the person before us who gave the keynote speech, he flew in from New York to deliver it. And he said something that we all know, actually, which is that with AI, garbage in, garbage out, you know, quality in, quality out. You have to educate it, right? And we all know that. However, what I realized, and it was a very profound moment, and I, I took note of it, is that all of us are depending upon the training and the knowledge that OpenAI has given GPT and ChatGPT, instead of us bringing our own to the table. So in the examples that you gave, I mean, whilst you're giving that example, I'm just thinking to myself, I need to record everything that you just said, number one, and thank God you do, Number one. Number two, I just have to give it five examples to explain what you're talking about. ChatGPT is going to understand what you're talking about and how to implement it and be able to give you another 50. Right? So you With the emotions, as long as you can give examples and you can explain to it what it's about, right? So you could say to it something like, you know, people make their decisions based on emotions and then they justify it with their intelligence. And we need to be able to speak to the pain point of our avatar, which is single mothers or whatever it is. And here are five examples. Give me another five. And boom, 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 boom. Ten seconds later, you've got what you're looking for. And you might need to go around in a couple of circles and you might need to tweak it. But now for that client, you have the avatar, you have the scripts, you have everything. You know, and I told this to somebody today and I... I you know, on the one hand, I don't like to say these things publicly, but on the other hand, I'm teaching people this stuff, so I feel like I can't hold it back. I had an interview from a from a magazine a couple of weeks ago. Now, ChatGPT knows me very well. I've trained it very well. I've trained it for me as a business owner, 
with that hat on. I've trained it with me as a thought leader with that hat on. So I have all of these pre-made priming prompts that if I want it to, to act on my behalf as a thought leader, I'll bring that out of the bag and I'll inject it. So I said, okay, let's make a priming prompt for this magazine. What does the priming prompt include? Things like their writing style, who their audience is, uh, what they're all about, etc. So I said, okay, ChatGPT, you already know who I am. Here I am. Now let me tell you about who this magazine is. Now let me give you the seven questions they asked me. Now go ahead and answer question number one as me. Thank you. Now go ahead and answer question number two. Now go ahead and answer question These number These are the exact answers you would have otherwise given. Here, so here's what happened. No, better. Better. Because this guy, Chad GPT, is doing each one in 10, 15 seconds. I would have taken going around the bush, running around the merry-go-round for hours and maybe not even reach that point. Because when you, I'm, I'm writing something for a magazine, I'm not actually being paid for it. And so the deadlines and the time, it's just a kind of like a frustration, you know, to be able to do that. I appreciate the magazine. I appreciate the opportunity. If they're watching this, guys, I appreciate you. But it's frustrating experience to go through, okay? Now, what happened after answering all of these seven questions is that I realized how much overlap there was. And what I'm finding, I'm, I, I'm getting a lot of media coverage these days. And what I'm finding is that the people who are asking me questions don't actually know what they're asking. They themselves have gone into ChatGPT and said, yeah, we need to interview a ChatGPT expert. Please give us some questions to ask him. It's hilarious, right? And what many people don't realize is you cannot actually ask ChatGPT about ChatGPT. Hmm. Can either of you guess why? Because it doesn't know itself? It doesn't know itself. It doesn't know itself. That's the truth. GPT's knowledge set stopped in September 2021. So it has access to zero information from the internet and wherever else its data sources are about what ChatGPT is. It knows about GPT, not necessarily GPT-4, but it knows about GPT. The only information it knows about ChatGPT is what the programmers programmed into ChatGPT specifically. Okay, so even ChatGPT doesn't know the type of advanced stuff that I'm talking about. And it's like, no, you can't do that. I'm like, I'm doing it right now. After asking the, answering those seven questions, I saw massive amounts of overlap. Mm -hmm. So I went back into ChatGPT and I said, listen, it's clear that these seven questions have massive amounts of overlap. Please, can you ask a fresh set of, of seven questions that does not allow for overlap and answer those ones? And then we took those ones back to the magazine and said, listen, there's lots of overlap. So here's a fresh set of seven questions closely aligned to what you were looking for with my answers. And the answer is yes, I used those ones. So I just want to go back a step because you kind of glossed over priming and prompting. Like you literally just threw it in there. Yeah. But actually, I think for the average person out there, just just in a in a brief sentence, what do we actually mean by priming and why is that important? Okay. So when people are using ChatGPT, they typically think of it in the classical sense of a bot, right? So you go to a website, it's a bot, you interact with Siri, it's a bot, and so on. And so it's a very kind of definite outcome that you're looking for. It's like, hey, Siri, press play, and it knows what press play is, and it presses play. So people look at ChatGPT like it's this super genius thing, and all you have to do is ask it, and because it's super genius, it'll know the answer, and it will do it. But actually, that's not the case at all. ChatGPT is just really good at sounding and acting and behaving like a genius, even though it's not. And what we found is just acting like a genius is sufficient enough to produce genius uh, 
content, right? And not just genius content, we're talking about genius answers, genius solutions, genius strategies, genius plans. Content, actually, in my opinion, content is like the, the tip of the iceberg. The real, the real iceberg is actually, if you think of the traditional sense, content comes after you've done lots of thinking. So forget about ChatGPT, forget about GPT, forget about AI. When you see a person has written a book as an example and it's their writing and you think, oh wow, that's amazing. Actually, that's just the tip of the iceberg. The iceberg is what went up in here in order to get to the writing. So it's very much the same that with ChatGPT, we're all scratching the surface and looking at it as a content generator. The real magic is in the, the cognitive abilities to think very much like a human being and produce the same types of conclusions that a human being would reach. So it's interesting that you talk about the thinking that goes into it because I didn't know very much about ChatGPT. Obviously, you hear everyone out there going, oh, ChatGPT, ChatGPT. I thought I need to learn more. So I actually signed up to Fahad's uh, ChatGPT accelerator program. And after spending a weekend and just understanding a few of the use cases and how it can be utilized to help with the thinking part of things, I was quite surprised. I was actually quite surprised at how people were using it in different ways. So can you maybe share some examples um, of how, you know, you can utilize it to really think like someone to help you come up with the right responses. I know you mentioned something about, I think it was maybe a customer um, that you were reaching out to over email. Oh yeah, wow, fantastic. That was a, that was a really good story. So I, I, was, I received a message on uh, LinkedIn from a senior vice president of MasterCard asking about the training. So I went ahead and just wrote this massive response, right? Massive response with all the details. I myself, I'm a thorough person. I like to be thorough and so on. But in actual fact, when you're interacting with other people, it's not about me, it's about them, right? So after I wrote this entire thing, I thought, hold on a second, let me just get AI to have a look at this and just make sure. And uh, there are two tools uh, that compete with each other. One of them is called Crystal Nose, and the other one is called Humantic or Humantics. I can't remember which one it is. And what it does is it will look at the LinkedIn profile of the person, identify their personality, and then tell you how you should write with them in mind, how to empathize with them. And this is one of the things which I teach, which is AI-enabled empathy. And it basically said, with this person, keep things ultra short, ultra confident, and skip all the like niceties and whatever and just get straight to it. So I took this massive email, butchered it down to just like two sentences, and 30 minutes later, she's paid to take a, an executive training program. I didn't need to give her any more than that. And so that's an example, and I've done that for many things, not necessarily with that software, where I've gone like, okay, I'm now going to, I'm, in fact, I did this. So I've just launched an affiliate program for my mentorship. Now, what I did was, we, we approached it in two different ways. The first way, a member of my team went off and said, look, we're putting together an affiliate program. Let's work with ChatGPT. We did the traditional AI-enabled planning route. We did all of that. And then I thought to myself, hold on a second, let me take a different approach. So I came into ChatGPT, and many people don't know about this as a hack, is that sometimes you have to role play with ChatGPT in order to get the best results from it. So I came to it and I said, hey, listen, I'd like to get more into, uh, I'd like to become an affiliate. 
And so I'm looking around in the internet, trying to find the best affiliate programs out there. Please give me a set of criteria to help me evaluate affiliate programs and help me to identify the values of the best affiliate programs. And then I just designed my affiliate program around that. You get it? Yeah. So what we're doing is we're saying, look, instead of us dictating how we want it to be and then other people have to succumb and submit to us, let's just find out what's going to resonate with the world of affiliates and let's just build that. So that's what I call AI-enabled empathy, and, and that, I hope, answers your question, Rhea. But I also think that it's interesting because we're all talking about ChatGPT, ChatGPT, but actually you utilized a couple of other AI softwares to help get to that conclusion. So you mentioned Humantics for LinkedIn profiling, but even the logic is the same. It's about understanding the psychology of the person you're trying to communicate with and how can ChatGPT or another software help you really get into their head so that the way you communicate with them is more on point and that example to me really stuck because I'm a, I don't have time I don't have time to read these long emails had I received and a lot of people send me these really long uh, yeah had it been a two sentence it's a higher chance so I totally can see the benefit of that although I'm also inclined to give details when I approach someone so how you are how you behave is not always how your customer or your consumer wants to receive the information. I'm going to test that with the Humantics and Go LinkedIn profile. Yeah, yeah, see definitely. How it goes. Yeah. Definitely. You're going to be I'll very surprised. You're going to be very but surprised. But I think other than um, ChatGPT, so you mentioned earlier that it stopped at uh, September 2021. Um, and I know there are other softwares that you use because people get this wrong all the time. They assume that ChatGPT is factual and accurate. Um, can you share a little bit about that and perhaps maybe some of the other tools that people should look at if they're trying to get to, um, you know, just get their information more accurate. All right. So from my experience, there's a, so there's another uh, GPT-powered app called Perplexity. And I consider Perplexity and ChatGPT to be the power couple. Between these two, 99% of my needs get taken care of. 99%? 99%. That's a lot. It is very, it, it is fantastic, you know. So ChatGPT, the way I look at ChatGPT, and even Sam Altman said the same thing, is that you have to look at ChatGPT as more of a kind of concept engine. So it's very good at concepts. It's very good at mixing and merging concepts, explaining concepts, um, figuring things out based on those concepts and so on. So I could say, for example, okay, I want to go and make a business plan uh, for a marketing agency. So it has knowledge about the concept of marketing agency. It has knowledge about the concept of businesses and business plans and entrepreneurship and the causes of business failures. And it has knowledge of all of these concepts that can now bring them all together to, to do the work that you need to get done. If you start pushing it for facts and you start pushing it for it, the way I describe it is anything with a capital letter, okay. right? Because that capital letter, when I see chat GPT, give me any word with a capital letter, my Warn like what's what's this antenna thing? Antenna yeah, warning. Well, no warning. There's my. Uh, it's like your spidey senses, right? It goes up, and I'm I'm going to treat it with suspicion. And numbers, numbers and capital letters get your like elevate your level of suspicion with whatever ChatGPT is saying, because that is not its speciality. And the problem with ChatGPT is that it's being trained to be very. Um, cooperative, it's been trained to be very subservient, it's been trained to 
be a yes man. It will always say yes. It could give you something and then say to it, you could say to it, you're wrong. And it will say, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to make that mistake. Let me try again. And then you'll say, okay, you got it right. And it will say, thank you. And then you'll say, you got it wrong. And it again will say, oh, I'm so sorry. Like it will keep on backtracking on it. It doesn't have the confidence in itself because it's been trained to be so uh, submissive, subservient and so on. So when it comes to facts, when it comes to like hard data, when it comes to the real world, rather than concepts and theories and so on, that's for now when you have to shift over to perplexity. And uh, perplexity is connects to the internet in real time. And it, perplexity does what you would have done back in the day working with Google. I have not used Google for the last six months. Wow. I don't use Google anymore. I do not use Google anymore. I'm sorry, guys. I was loyal. <laughs> I loved them. They were amazing. We built products with them. But it just doesn't make sense anymore, right? So what this app, what it does is, first of all, you speak to it in natural language, which is one of the magic of GPT, is that it understands natural language. It then takes that natural language, turns it into a couple of queries, search queries, and it then has, and this is where the real magic starts. If you were to use Google, you could only go to Google search once and then go to another page once. It's very linear. But, and, and even if you try to use the web-enabled chat GPT, it's still linear. I don't know if you've tried those web-enabled. No, I and haven't. Plugged. I've just gone straight to the app. Fantastic. It's just horrible. It's just you sit there like this, and it's like loading up page, clicking on result. I'm like, you know, I could just do this myself. This is a waste of my time. But what perplexity does is sends like 20 robots to go and look at all of the pages on those, each of those search terms. It then brings all of that content back into place, which is what I used to do as a knowledge engineer. This is exactly what I would do as a knowledge engineer if I wanted to learn about like, how do I figure out how to calculate bonuses for my employees? I would go to the internet, I would say how to figure out, I'd go to those 10 pages, I'd copy and paste, bring them all into one document, blah, blah, blah. This thing is doing it all. It then looks back at your original question and then answers based on all of that content in light of your original question. So I'm finding this really interesting because I still, I, although I am semi-enlightened, I've attended the workshop, you know, I spend time with, with Fahad and, and learn from him as well, but I still, I, I, I'm not ready to let go. You know, I still, my comfort level is still to Google and I have my document and I copy and paste and yeah, I understand, but I think there's just the fear of letting go, you know, and do you, I mean, I don't know about you, how far have you got in terms of allowing chat GPT? You mentioned you use it for emergencies, yeah. but beyond that, have you explored using it in other ways? In fact, preparing for our podcast, I was first trying the regular way, which is going on Google and doing some research. And even though there are topics, uh, we still need to find some facts and look for information outside. But then I tried something different. I just told ChatGPT to give me the information and I kept making it elaborate and give me more explanation. I have not used perplexity, perplexity. <laughs> yet, but, uh, and I learned most of it from ChatGPT then. So the thing of going to Google, I think the dependency on Google is starting to decrease by the day. So what do you do when you see people like us? We, uh, we get it. We get it. We understand. We hear you. But it's just, it's just taking a bit of time for us to let, let go and, and shift across. 
I shed tears. You shed tears. <laughs> okay. So, no, I'm joking. <laughs> so we, we've also been exploring so other uh, software programs. What other ways do you use AI in your business? Are there other softwares we haven't touched on that you've been using? So something that we use a lot is uh, image manipulation on Adobe. Adobe has its own AI. So if you want to add a baby to the photo or something or increase hair or whatever, small little manipulation on images, we do it on Adobe now. Uh, Canva has just released uh, a ChatGPT Have you tried that? Which one? So the, it's the just Canva recently GPT announced that, yeah, the integration. So from what I saw, I haven't tried it, but from what I saw, it looked like you had the ability to literally feed the info in ChatGPT, it generates the image, and then you're able to like open it up the image in Canva and kind of finalize the artwork there. So that, that seemed pretty cool. Uh, it is really cool. One of the comments I saw said, well, Canva has GPT integrated into it already. So why are you doing this in ChatGPT? Now, I mean, something just to point on this topic of so many AI apps being out there. I had a guy reach out to me uh, yesterday, actually. And he goes, what is it with you AI people? Why do you keep on going on about ChatGPT when there are so many other language models out there? I said, because it's the best. He said, okay, but what about Claude? I said, Claude is another like competitor. I said, Claude has its use cases because it can handle an entire book. So there are times where it makes sense, but for 99% it's ChatGPT. And then he said, okay, but what about Falcon 180B? And I just thought to myself, is this, this guy's literally jumping around trying all of these different things. And I made that conscious decision from the start that I am not gonna be one of these people that are jumping around and actually not making any progress because I'm comparing myself to where I was six months ago. And so if I'm achieving 30x productivity, 50x productivity, I'm on fire. Don't talk to me about, you know, 75x. And now I'm not actually gonna get it because I have to reset the learning clock back down to zero. And then by the time I get back up to 50x, something else has come up, so. So you're telling us to commit, basically. Yeah, commit. And, and, and Chad GPT, you know, for the foreseeable future, there's another one, Falcon, which we are developing some stuff with that is got privacy elements, Llama from Facebook. Uh, it's open source. So if you're doing it as a corporate, you can achieve like 80% of what you can with ChatGPT, except that your data is private. And that's a very good trade-off to sacrifice 20% for the privacy of your data. It's a fantastic trade-off for those corporates that are like ultra, ultra, ultra concerned about uh, privacy and security. But yeah, um, I've just started using, because as you know, by virtue of your mentorship and your guidance and your training, I started getting very comfortable with being on the screen. So I used something yesterday or the day before called Opus something with the other, I don't know. I uploaded a 90 minute webinar and then it just broke it down into those shareable snippets for social media. Amazing. And it did a fantastic job. And it even explained why it chose that bit. It goes, oh, wow. oh, the speaker at this point is... Could use that for our know? podcast. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, 100%. Takes 10 minutes and boom, 100%. So I think that's that's another area, I guess, because, you know, in my world, we're the video content creation world, and there's so many tools that are popping up right now, which do all kinds of things. So I know, you know, in our team, we've been experimenting everything from, you know, voiceover uh, softwares, which can literally you know, convert text to voice. Um, I'm not a big fan because when I when I hear it, I can still spot it. So when I hear an AI voiceover, I'm like, hang on, someone's used, this does not sound right. 
But, you know, what I'm, con I don't know if it's a concern or maybe it's just a reality that that's me, right? So I think the average person out there is starting to normalize how these voices sound and it's becoming more acceptable to have an AI voiceover. So whilst I'm sitting there as a, as a traditionalist thinking, no, 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 that, that I can hear, I can hear something's off. That's, am I like, am I going to turn into the minority? Yeah, you will turn into the minority for sure. But the hope is, is that by the time you become the minority, the tech would have caught up and then it would counterbalance. But the problem is that you would have lost the edge. And this is what I'm trying to tell everybody, that 2023 is the year of the edge. Those people who get on board with all of these things right now get the edge of being ahead of everybody else. Fast forward one year, two years, whatever the time is, at that point, it all becomes normal. In fact, I delivered a webinar yesterday and I put on the screen Sigourney Weaver in that suit from Aliens, right? If you guys remember from the film, right? And I said, you know, what she's got wearing this suit is a type of superpower. But how super is a superpower that everybody else has? It has just become the norm. And that is where we are heading. That's the weird, weird, weird future that we're all heading to is a future where all human beings have superpowers and therefore superpowers is no longer super. So it's basically the power of being an early adopter. We're in, we're in that phase right now where anyone who jumps on the bandwagon and starts to learn it, understand it, see how you can utilize it is going to be ahead of the curve. So interestingly, because I've had, I had uh, a couple of team members, I had one of them ask me, you know, because I, I asked everyone to start exploring AI tools and software. And one of them said, why are we doing this? Like, are we scared? Are you, she actually asked me, she said, are you scared? I'm like, I'm not scared. I just want to make sure we can still compete. Like, I don't want to be in a world where it's taking us, you know, two days to film and edit a video and the company down the road is now doing it in like half an hour, you know, because I think that's the challenge is like we're going to slowly move into a, a market where organizations are understanding how to utilize AI and really get more efficient and as a result, could be delivering at, you know, a fraction of the speed if we don't jump on that bandwagon. So I'm a big believer that, I mean, I'm talking about video because that's my industry, but regardless of the industry you're in, it's seeing how to really, you know, get familiar with those tools, integrate them into your process and see how efficient you can get. Because if you're not doing it, someone else out there is going to be doing it. Yeah, 100%. I mean, the key, the, the key phrase is operational efficiency, right? But the threat that it brings about the job cuts, because the people who would otherwise you would need for image editing are not, no longer needed. You see, I got that question too. So another one of my team members goes, you know, oh, does this mean I'm losing my job? I'm like, no, it's about how we evolve, right? It's about how we understand how to utilize these tools and then evolve into machines that know how to take advantage of them. Yeah. And I mean, there's a few points around this is number one, I, you know, we can't give answers for the whole world. Right? We can't give answers for all those multinational companies that are driven by profit for their investors and shareholders and so on. And at some point, I wondered to myself whether I should only deal with private companies because private owners tend to have more heart than publicly owned companies. So the, the senior uh, teams at companies need to realize that the more efficient we all get with AI, the more intense our work sessions are. And you've seen when we have our mastermind sessions, at 4 p.m. I close my laptop, I'm like, that's it, I can't do it anymore, I'm done for the day, I can. But in that four hours or five hours, I've written five articles, six articles. What used to take me maybe 
a week or two weeks to write one article. In four hours, I have written five articles. And I'm like, that's it, I'm done. I'm done for the day. I'm gonna go watch some comedy. And that's the situation is that some employers, when they see that they can get, the, that their staff are working much faster, will be like, okay, get more done. Other employers like me with my team, they're like, okay, can I go early today? I'm like, yeah, just go, man. I know, I still remember back in the day, can I say back in the day? I still remember six months ago. Back in the day, six months ago, is back in the day, oh my God. Right. Calm still, down, calm still, down, Fad. <laughs> We're moving in AI years. AI years are different to like non-AI years, yeah? And I just don't mind, I genuinely don't mind. I do not have any idea about my employees' hours at all because I know all of them are AI enabled and the work that they get done now is infinitely more than whatever they were getting done before the era of AI. I do not even look at the hours. I don't count the days. I'm trusting them to do it. I'm not fussed at all. I'm just curious because there are so many tools and like so many new ones that keep popping up. So, and I know earlier you mentioned like you've obviously committed to chat GPT, but in terms of how much of your time do you actually explore new tools? Because I'm presuming also as the technology evolves, there's going to be newer, improved versions of software that maybe are the best fit or the right fit now. Yeah. So the way you have to look at it is that there's two things uh, at play. One of them is your language model, which is your language model. So when we talk about Llama or Claude or Bard or Bing Chat or ChatGPT, this is your language model. And everybody needs to choose their own language model. Why? It's not about the content. It's about your thinking cognitive co-pilot. So I need to figure out the affiliate program for my business. I'm going to ChatGPT. I am not going to try and figure that out by myself. I am not going to go to Google. I'm not going to ask around. I'm literally just going to go to ChatGPT. And over the next one hour, we are going to figure this out together. So that is my language model of choice. So everybody needs to choose their language model and just stick to it. Until such time comes that something comes up and you hear from the news that it's wiped ChatGPT off, you know, off the, like, Google has one coming out called Gemini. Now, nobody really knows what it's involved. It's more corporate-y, but you never know. They might release something that will wipe the floor with... But you see, you still take the time to explore. You're, you're still investigating, or is that primarily because you're, you know, that's your, the industry you're now that's in? That's be primarily because that's the industry I'm in. So, of course, you know me as the entrepreneur. So there are some things happening in the background, which many people don't know. We have one AI... Um, we have built internally a AI newsroom. What this AI newsroom does is it scours the web for news. It then identifies which news items are related to AI. It then checks our database of news to find out which items are new. And then it sends us a daily summary of the latest AI. Oh, and it also summarizes all of the news items into just bullet points. So that's how I personally stay on top of everything because I have my own private AI-powered AI newsroom. We also have the same thing for new tools. Okay. So there's a bunch of websites out there that are, uh, that are keeping track of the latest tools. We just keep track of them. Okay. And so we get a feed every so often of the latest tools and so on. So on the one hand, yes, your language model. On the other hand, the tools that are relevant for you. So in this case, and you know, you said at the start that you'd rather work with the copywriter or you'd rather work with that professional. Unfortunately, because I sympathize with the job situation of everybody in the job uh, displacement, 
you know, this tool opus to go ahead and do, I would have paid freelancers in the past to do that. I would have given them the video and I would have said, go and make all of this. But now there's a tool that does it. Let's not talk too much about that. Just, just yet, just yet. I still want, I still have a few like months left in us. So <laughs> hysterical. So, um, so yeah, and what you have to do at the end of the day, you have to say, okay, well, look, how much of our time are we doing this thing? How much are we spending? How much is it worth it to invent to investigate into something like this? So, if you are a video production company and you're editing all the time, then yeah, go out there and look for what kind of like AI apps are there that would help us become more efficient at editing. Or if you're a marketing agency and you're doing lots of visuals go and explore with Adobe and so on. You know what I mean? It's, it really comes down to your own needs. Do your industry and see what yeah, tools are available. Yeah, and go and that. see what's out there and use perplexity. So, I mean, just to, as a tip, because I know this is a journey that we've recently gone through, is like I asked the entire team to literally on a weekly basis like research the various softwares, apps that are relevant to us that can help them do their tasks. And I think that's been an interesting exercise because they've all kind of learned something new, they've come across new tools, some they've already adopted, some maybe they're not quite right. But I think it's just opened it up to the whole team that this is okay. Because I think there's another part to this, which is like, is it okay that I'm using an AI tool? Like if I'm a designer and an editor and oh, in my world, I'm like, yes, how much time did you save? Oh, that cut hours from your day, please use it. You know, whereas I do think or I'm coming across people who are like, no, 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 no. I'm not going to do, do my work myself. Yeah. 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 It's been like that. Well, what The way you have to approach it is like this. One year from now, that's, that's what everyone's going to be doing. Yeah. Even those naysayers, when they finally taste it, they'll be like, oh my God, what have I been doing? Yeah. The reason why they're saying it is because they can't believe it's actually possible. Yeah. If they knew it was possible, they themselves who would like to spend more time with their family, they'd like to spend more time at comedy shows, whatever they want to spend their time doing, dance classes, when they finally realize you're telling me that I could just press a button and it's going to do what I would do, I'm in. Let's go. You know. So there are more dance classes in my future, basically. <laughs> yeah, this is, basically, this, is what, this yeah. is what I'm hearing. 100%. Okay. 100%. And you know me very well, Reem. Yep, You've yep. seen the videos. I, I, yep, yep. <laughs> um, but also, you know, in terms of uh, the team getting familiar with it, what, the other thing I just wanted to mention is that some of the tools aren't quite right yet. You know, so, you know, what I mentioned earlier, like I can spot the AI voice when it's when it's there. Um, but equally, if you look at some of the others, like I look at Midjourney now, and if you go back like a year ago and kind of the designs that came out versus now, like they're so impressive. So I'm I'm very conscious that we may have said no to a tool today, but it's worth constantly rechecking and, you know, as they upgrade and as the technology improves, you may find it is a solution in the near future. 100%, yeah. You have to keep keep a tab on, on it, you know. So I think it was at a bit of an advantage today because I have attended Fahad's workshop. So I obviously had a few questions. But what have you learned from today's session? So many things. One, I'm going to check out the software, the... Um, Perplexity. I don't know why I'm finding it hard to say. It, but it's yeah. perplexity. It's perplex. It's so perplex, yeah. It's yeah. Perplex, I'm going to yeah. check that out. And I'm going to dig more softwares, more AI tools available for our industry because I know there is something uh, for running better ad campaigns and uh, doing more testing, A-B testing for different kind of ads. So I'm going to dig more deeper and see what's available in, in digital marketing. I think definitely in the content creation space, obviously our core is video. So I've mainly been exploring the video tools. But I think overall with digital marketing, something else that I, I came across recently was, you know, you, Fahad touched on it earlier in terms of teaching chat gpt about your style or your approach but actually you can probably even take sort of 
the most successful ads out there or the most successful copy out there and train ChatGPT with those examples so it starts churning those out as well. So it's not just, I mean, just to put it out there, I'm right in saying it's not just educating it on your style, but on benchmarks and best practices out there and how you can use those with your customers going forward. Yeah, I mean, in fact, um, uh, one of the trainings we did in marketing where the trainer shared that how he took all the Google reviews of a particular service or a product, he put all of the reviews into ChatGPT and told ChatGPT to come up with uh, some ad variations. Amazing. And came up with some interesting ad variations, which otherwise otherwise would take a human hours of going through the reviews and coming up with some. I actually hadn't heard that one before. I like it. That's a new one for me, using Google reviews. I like and, it. And it's very smart because the best ad copy is the one that uses the words of the audience Yeah. because that resonates with them. So if you could just get it to look at that and say, use their words, it's magic. Yeah. And we do that for our clients now, for the client campaign. So I think, Fahad, just to sum this up for our audience, what do you think are the biggest, like someone who, you know, hasn't started exploring this world yet, you know, let's give them like the top, the top three things they really should start thinking about doing like now. Uh, number one is tinkering. To start tinkering, right? Start tinkering and start trying to push the limits of what you think it can do. Uh, number two, you need to you know, listen to experts. Because when you start tinkering, if you remember at the beginning of the episode, I said to you, its biggest blessing is also its biggest curse. So the biggest blessing is how user-friendly it is. But that's also its curse because if you don't, if you can go straight into it and start using it and you don't have a teacher and you're not listening to any experts, you will define what it is based on your experiences. So at the same time, listen to experts, watch what they're doing and so on to open your mind to the possibilities and then the third thing is the contact for head design. But what what do you have coming up? Like what are you uh, what are you focusing on in this world? So, you know, since February, you said that everybody's really started around February. I got here to Dubai in February and my father's been was pushing me to teach people. Like that, I don't want to teach people. This is like my secret this is my secret weapon. He's like, No, you have to. And I got here in February and I'm speaking to people about, I was only here for 10 days. Like my 10 day visit to Dubai has now turned into seven months. And uh, I'm speaking to people about it. And they're like, yeah, we've heard about it, but we haven't started using it. And I was like, what are you talking about? In fact, you were one of the first people I spoke to. Yeah, I know. That's right. So, and I was telling all these people, I said, listen, just put together a bunch of people and I'll do a free seminar. Because everybody's saying we've heard of, and I'm like, it's been out for three months. How can you have heard about it and not using it? So I was uh, teaching a two-day workshop intense, which is what you attended, and eventually realized that, you know what, there's an entire world out there that are not here in Dubai. I had people from all over the world asking me, when are you going to do online training? When are you going to do online training? And online training mostly is a challenge. It's mostly a challenge, and a lot of people have a lot of negative attitude towards it because they think that us as teachers, all we want to do is record a course, get it out there, and get paid where some of us actually want to transform lives. And so gone past course and turned it into a mentorship. So the ChatGPT Accelerator is now a mentorship program. It's a full week mentorship program, which I'm aiming to run it once per month on a cohort basis. And then the magic of that is it's all about implementation. You know, it's all about, you know, professionals coming along, learning something, then going and trying to implement it face the frustrations that come along because they will come along, bring those frustrations back and let's work on resolving those frustrations 
and then taking it by the go, okay, now the magic is happening. Yeah. And then let's move on to the next learnings. And that way at the end of four weeks, we create an, an entire army of GPT magicians. GPT magicians. That feels like a good place to end. So for everyone out there who wants to be a GPT magician, your opportunity to do that is by reaching out to Fahad Vizari. I personally have attended his workshop. I can vouch for it. And I do think the mentorship approach is a great way forward because like with anything, like you're using it for like emergencies, 10%. He's using it for 99%. So there's clearly a big gap in how we use it and being able to come back and have that mentorship ongoing support and, you know, f you know, really overcome any challenges. I think there's a lot of value to that. So thank you so much for joining us today, Fahad. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Excited to have you. Learned a lot today. Learned a lot today. And if you guys have come across any particular AI tools that you would like to share with all of us, please do so in the comments below. And don't forget, we hope you've enjoyed this episode. We would love for you to subscribe and we will see you very soon. Until the next Digital Dialogue.